All right, guys, we're back with another episode. We got a change of location. We're actually out at Bissell Maple Farm. We're here on the actual Maple Farm here with Nate Bissell. Um, Nate, why don't you give us a little bit of background about um, Bissell Maple, I guess. Give sure. us the, the origin story, if you will. Sure. So this is, um, you know, this is my dad's paradise. You know, my mom and dad. No Anybody's paradise. Right? right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, some cool things. I didn't realize what, you know, growing up. I grew up actually north of Jefferson, around 46 and 14 acres, and grew up most of my childhood there. And my parents bought this place right as I graduated high school. Okay. Uh, so I didn't spend a. I spent three months here, you mm-hmm. know, in all reality. But my dad always made syrup on Route 46. So any OG Ashtabula County resident driving from Jefferson to, to Ashtabula would have seen my dad's sap buckets on a tree, and it was something that he did that I really enjoyed and, um, but I didn't help him, mm-hmm. you know, I was more interested in, um, girls and football. Sure. Yeah, sure. Right. And, uh, so he did it like there, you know, there's dad right there. He's just, but he's more of the gardener and the caretaker. And, um, as soon as I went to college, they didn't have pure maple syrup at the cafeteria mm-hmm. and I didn't, it's like, I missed it. And like, I never yeah. had fake syrup. I always had the real thing growing right. up. And everybody else is kind of the opposite. So when I went to college, I uh, I missed it. And I came home, and first spring break, my dad had moved his little maple operation right there where that, that sugar house sits. And he had a basically a tarp keeping the rain off his neck and mm-hmm. the original little evaporator. Really? And I'm like, Dad, we're going to, you know, improve this. And made a little shack, literally a shack. You know, it, it had walls on two sides just to kind of keep the wind down. We just grew it and grew it, and this is there's been like six additions on this building. <laughs> um, this used to be our firewood shelter. Really, we would store our firewood in, and then we had a pancake breakfast. We started dealing with family at the beginning, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we fixed this up, and it's just been uh, made a lot of mistakes, you know, getting to this point. But the I think about the history a little bit and how I eventually got evicted. And that's what happened is uh, there was a tour bus came through and um, my mom came outside to get the dog and she was in her robe. So there's all these people like my mom. (laughs) (laughs) And she went inside, damn it, you know. And my dad's like, son, you're going to have to move, you know. We'll give you a couple years. And then that's when we got lucky and found the building in Jefferson, the old General Electric plant. But my dad lost his liberty. You know, we had people, we had trucks coming in and out. It just, it, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Like we were busting at the seams anyways. Sure. And that was just the catalyst. And, you know, we got a little testy, Dad and I. But I tell you what, our relationship is better than ever because he's got his liberty back. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, what's what's your privacy worth? Oh, yeah, right. Infinite. Mm-hmm. I kept trying to put dollar value on things that had infinite right. value. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's where it, especially with hearing how it got started too, you know, that it was more of a passion project. And I, I don't know if maybe you brought the scale to the ask, you know, to the business, or if that was already in plans with your father, how, how was that relationship? Was it always going to be kind of a low level thing, just doing it because he liked it or was the aspirations to make it this? It'd be you know, fun to get him in on this <laughs> <laughs> because my goal was always to like, grow. I love maple syrup. I like everything about it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's you use a little bit of ingenuity it's a very complex and difficult product to make as far as crops go it's almost like double you know beekeepers got it easy <laughs> they do because the bees i hate bees I, yeah. I probably i'll probably take the um <laughs> the opposite of that one thing and i'm done but Not, yeah yeah but maple syrup's complex it takes a lot of syrup just to or it takes a lot of sap just to make syrup and i don't think people realize that I, living in madison i've got uh a lot of sugar maple trees, and I know that that's what they use to make maple syrup because it produces the most sap. So I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I just talking well, to them. Let me know how to make maple, maple syrup there, Lee. But I, I'm like, man, maybe I'm going to tap these trees and make my own maple syrup. And then I'm like, well, you got to boil like six gallons of sap just to get one gallon of syrup. I'm like, that's a lot of work, man. That's <laughs> true. Well, it was like, uh, it depends. Like, there's years where across the way there we do tap red maples or soft maples and mm-hmm. the sugar content is lower but you still make pretty good syrup it's uh more darker it's like mm-hmm. a darker color a little bit more 
flavor, maple flavor. But sometimes it takes 87, 87.1 gallons. So if your bricks is 1%, it takes 87.1 gallons. It's kind of the rule. Really? So if it's 2%, you divide it by 87.1. So whatever your bricks is, you divide 87.1 by your bricks, and it tells you how many gallons it takes to make Holy gallons. cow. So That's crazy. Yeah. So it varies. Everybody wants to give it. How many gallons? Well, I can give yeah. you an average for the year. Sure. Right. But it actually varies. And that's one of those things like, you know, you, I just think of stories that I, you know, people yeah. will talk to me all the time about maple syrup, usually in the fall when leaves change colors. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Yeah. Also maple season. Uh, and you're like, well, actually maple syrup's made in March. And, yeah. Right. Early spring. Know. People don't realize that. Right. And the same few people always ask me. So now I just say, it's good, buddy. <laughs> business is sweet yes. uh, it's a lot more complicated than most people think like we said mm -hmm. you know, everybody gets the idea of oh, there's a tree right out there you put in a spigot get a bucket and there you go put it on pancakes yeah. if you had if you had to you know give it to a lame person what's the overview very basics on how you go from tapping a tree to getting a, a ready-to-go product from tree to table right yeah um you have to have maple trees mm -hmm. so that's number one um, and then you actually have to have maple trees in a place that you have winter. So there's only 13 states that make maple syrup um, Interesting. in the country of any sort of scale. Huh. Um, there are some microclimates out west where they're attempting to make syrup. I'll get on tangents. You'll have to go. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. You know. So, uh, yeah, so you tap a tree uh, in early spring, late winter. And what happens is the, the maple tree will store the sugar down in the roots during the winter. And then as soon as you get the sun coming out, the tree's like, hey, man, it's time to wake up. i got to feed these leaves. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. It'll send the sap up to start the buds, get things going. And then as soon as it gets cold again at night, the tree's like, whoa, we got to run the sap back down. So what happens is, is you have sap running up and down the tree. Interesting. Um, that's okay. why I tell people it's a perfect business uh, for somebody that uh, has, uh, <laughs> you know, depression. <laughs> because uh literally because built up on the tree down the tree. Down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a perfect business for me so i talk about that openly uh, the man is dead the man is it's perfect for a man is depressed in this business uh, i didn't even finish the um i got off tangent about <laughs> making right. syrup it's all right i started at the tree and stopped so you need winter I'm, i am going to go back and just kind of finish how you make please syrup. please yeah um so you you collect the sap mm -hmm. and then all we do, we don't add anything. Is actually we we remove water. So most crops start with something small like a seed, like corn and soybeans. They start with a little bit and they mm -hmm. end up with a lot. In maple, it's the opposite. We start with a lot of sap and we end up with a little bit. All it is is removal of water. So we could say fractional distillation or boiling. Or boiling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds better to say oh, fractional yeah, distillation, but that's where the flavor comes from. All we do is caramelize sugar. Mm -hmm. that's it so you either do that um, you, you do that with flame but 90% of the work is done with reverse osmosis we actually pull the water push the water out Interesting. and then the remaining sugar we use it backwards from what you would in your your kitchen door where you'd stick your glass of water in and uh, you know the pure water comes out and all the minerals and stuff are rejected we use it backwards so our reject is actually pure water oh wow which is interesting yeah I was going to say, yeah, what, what is the byproduct, right? I mean, it's yeah, pure water. water. So, yeah. It's when you look at a reverse osmosis, it looks so complex and you're just like, holy crap. But it's so simple. One thing goes in, mm -hmm. two things come out. Yeah. So one thing comes in, which is sap. Two things come out, pure water and concentrated sap, which we just call concentrate. Mm -hmm. So to the tune of 87, I mean like 88% is pure water. And what we'll do with that is we'll use it for washing. We'll actually use that to clean our equipment. Oh, and wow. I've been partnering with breweries like it's tree water, man. Yeah. What a great story. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, it's, I did make a, brew, a beer with um, uh, Grist House Brewing in Pittsburgh. We hauled some tree water down there and they made a beer and then used their maple syrup. So it's like the maplest beer ever is what I call it. <laughs> yeah, there oh, you I go. <laughs> yeah, using every little piece of it. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. age it in the maple bourbon barrel. There you go. If you know, I don't know if I told you guys, but they won gold at Great American Beer Festival this year. Oh, awesome. Their, uh, maple bourbon barrel aged stout. Congratulations. That with, yeah, that's awesome. Barrels. Look at that. Yeah. There, there we go. I haven't had a chance to try it, but it's called their eighth anniversary. And uh, they're just good brewers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They make good beer there. That's a hell of a feather. So, feather in the cap. Man. Getting that's back great. to your question, I'm going to just dominate this entire podcast. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, this is what it is. We're 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 setting up tee balls for yeah, you, yeah. man. This is it. We'll just dominate this entire podcast. But the, um, you know, I like craft beer, and mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed about the maple industry is it was it's a dusty. It was it was a dusty category. Like you'd go and you'd see bottles, and literally, I say it figuratively and literally, it had dust on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm selling syrup, and I'm competing with these huge, call them large breweries. I mean, if you look at it, yeah. I was like, you know, I coined the term craft maple syrup. Mm-hmm. All I did is I borrowed a lot of ideas from the beer industry. Sure. But one of the first beers, it was called Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. And it was a strong ale aged in bourbon barrels. It was my first experience of a barrel-aged beer. And it was amazing. Do you guys remember when it was? Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Remember Absolutely. When it was good? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I always tell people, like, it's not the same product. Right. Was. I think they're either using rinse barrels or using barrels too often. Um, but when you first tried that product, I think I was telling you guys, I, when you'd find it on draft and the bartender didn't know they were supposed to use a snifter, that was a good night. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. You would, uh, you know, get a 16 Every, every once in a while, you'll, you'll still come across that. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I correct them, sometimes not. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, you, every one of those times I had to call my wife to come get it. Right. Oh, yeah. But that beer. You're, you're not ready for it actually had me thinking like there's two stories this is the, the kentucky bourbon barrel ale and some guys up in middlefield some amish guys got some syrup in from kentucky that these farmers had stored in plastic drums and they were trying to save a buck so they got some food grade plastic drums and they put their maple syrup in and when you make maple syrup it's very hot it actually yeah. is seven degrees over the boiling point of water is maple syrup mm-hmm. so they put that in these plastic barrels and whatever the flavor that was in there absorbed into the syrup. And it sure. was uh, it was an artificial lemon flavor. Oh like, oh, like a pledge kind of thing. Exactly. That's perfect. I always say dumb, dumb suckers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a floor. It was like a soap. And it just went right into the syrup. And I'm just like, Irv, I can't use this. And I'm driving home. I'm like, these guys blew 25 grand because they wanted to save, yeah. you know, whatever. $2,000 oh on drums. I'm like, they're from Kentucky. They could have just used some bourbon barrels. At least yeah. it would have added value. Yeah, yeah. Light bulb. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That was the light bulb moment. So I instantly started researching it. And I'm like, there was like three people doing it. I was like, crap. I thought I came up with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and even then, it wasn't original. I'm just borrowing from the beer industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so I'm just like, oh, you know what? So other guys are doing it. I'm just going to do it better. I'm going to come up with our own process. And we did. And it felt kind of like when I was in high school. I was in a band and I called Shane over and I'm like, Shane, dude, I just wrote this song. And he, you know, he peels out and he comes over and he's like, play the song, Nate. I'm playing the song. He goes, Nate, that's Hell's Bells. <laughs> <laughs> and I had never, I grew up on like nitty gritty dirt band, mm-hmm. the Eagles, like, uh, let's see, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Um, you know, I grew up on Loggins and Messina. Fleetwood Mac was probably the rockinest band that my yeah, parents right. had on record. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, but uh, I had to tell that story every now and then because it had the same feeling where you were like, I'm listening to this song I wrote. Check out this maple syrup. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, right. Put it in the <laughs> yeah. So actually, Steve Stallard was the man that uh, invented bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. He's out of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the festival that we're having on November 12th with the Craft Maple Brew Fest he was the first recipient really of oh, the award cool. because yeah. of i call it the you know he innovation i mean he really changed the maple industry and to this day and what a lot of people don't realize is the maple industry is kind of small but that product didn't take away from existing business it brought new consumers into the maple industry sure mm-hmm. because Makes sense. bourbon is so hot and has yeah. been and still is mm-hmm. you know people anyone try maple syrup no you know do you want to try bourbon barrel-aged oh man they would do right. 180 Everybody come back yeah. yeah yeah you know now it's got a story but people have right. their own preconceived notions of when they see maple syrup and we see a lot of bias and decision making especially when we do shows um that's why we removed everything and just used bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup we did mm-hmm. a show at the ix center like, i don't know nine ten years ago we brought every maple product we had and it just looked like clutter yeah. and the next year we brought just one product, the barrel-aged maple syrup. Mm-hmm. Made everything clean, neat. It didn't confuse everybody. Yeah. And they voted us best new vendor. 
Even though it's your second year. Yeah, second year. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, because honestly, we were so proud of all the products we have. And it's just common with farmers. And we were proud of everything, the candy, the cream, and all the different products that it just, the consumers, they're just all, it's overloaded. And they're just not going to notice you. Mm -hmm. right? So we just simplified it. And that product just took off. And then it led to a problem with having maple barrels, which is a high-class problem. And that's when we started to, one of the, the first brewery to, you know, work with us was actually Goose Island. Okay. Um, we're going back to 2014. So what is that, eight years ago? Yeah. Gosh, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it, but wow. Yeah, 2014. Might have been 2013. Uh, we sold them some bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. You know, maple syrup in a barrel. So And we just hauled these barrels to Chicago. We were so excited. Yeah. And it was stored right here. Like... Get out of here. Yeah, right here. Like this whole thing, like started here. We'll talk about some of the brewers that have been here and the barrels that have come through here. And I can show you Nick's in there where the barrels like dented the, the kitchen cabinets. <laughs> oh, I love just, that. You know, and there's just so much history. But it was the barrels. The first guy to get maple barrels from us was John Nayway at uh, Thirsty Dog Brewing. Okay. So Brandon Benson was the brewer. And John came here with his daughter. I made him pancakes. And he just, to this day, they just, that was one of their better, you know, beers they ever made. And I always like working with John. And then uh, Joe was there. So you, I think we'll see Joe and John at uh, the Craft Maple Brew Fest. And then Brandon has started his own brewery in um, Alliance, Ohio, called Aeonium Brewing. Yeah. And he's gotten some barrels from us. Okay. So the, the beer industry is kind of, everybody knows everybody. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, it's imagine a big the, I imagine the industries are kind of the same way in that aspect. Mm -hmm. of, There's of, way more sharing. Know. And um, this is what I like about the brew industry is they're way more collaborative. It's definitely like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, you know, like, and we talk about this all the time too, where when we were entering this community, we thought there would be like some pushback that they didn't want us coming in and talking to the brewers about what they do. And absolutely the opposite. They come in, they welcome us with open arms. They want to come in and talk about what they're doing and how they're collaborating. And um, all these, all the brewers know each other. They're all friends. They brew together, you know, stuff like that. It's uh, I, I like the community over competition in the beer industry for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They want you to succeed. Yeah, right? absolutely. I think the brewing industry kind of understood that, Success is not a limited resource. That, yes, you know that's a good way to put it. Uh, a lot of people, it's called the zero sum, zero sum theory or uh, fallacy. Mm -hmm. But there's only a limited amount of success in in farming and ag that is, it's rampant in adults mm -hmm. in the in the office space and yeah. and it's the idea that there's only a limited amount of success. So if someone's doing well, somewhere someone's not doing well. Right, and that is such a fallacy. And in the maple industry, it just it's rampant. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, hey, if that guy's doing well over there, then somewhere someone's not. Right. It's taken away from us. Mm -hmm. There's a desire to knock somebody down a peg, which right. will somehow bring somebody up, which is not even remotely true. Right. Sure. Whereas if we all work together, we can make all of us better and be better together. Yeah. Right. Just the industry's growing. The maple industry's growing at like, it's doubling. It doubled in the last 10 years. It's going to double in the next 15. If there was a limited amount of success... That right. means there would be no growth. Right. right. Exactly. exactly. That's, yeah. Clearly, clearly the opposite is happening. Mm -hmm. So in the beer industry, you could argue there might be a little bit of oversaturation with so many people getting into the industry. And I can see it being a little bit more competitive today. Right. But hopefully brewers are still collaborative. I, I just sense as I've met brewers and work with them and as they've, I never hear another brewer talk bad about a place. They never. Mm -hmm. right. Nope. Right. Never. I have never heard another brewer badmouth the place they work. No. Yeah. Have you? No. Mm -mm. Not at all. Brewers for almost ten years, and I've never heard another brewer say a negative thing about a place they work. Yeah. Right. Whether whether there was or not, mm -hmm. right? You're not going to hear it. Yeah. Like you said that, like Lee said. I mean, that the community there is just incredible. It's kind of, I mean, iron sharpens iron kind of thing. Of these guys collaborating, Definitely. pushing for innovation within it. You know, as you mentioned, within the past, gosh, ten years or even less. Not just in this area, but all over, the craft brewing scene has really blown up, and there is a lot of saturation. There's a lot of competition, 
And at least at this point, I don't think it's made that change. It still has that tight-knit group. And it'll ebb and flow, I think, as, as new people come on and, and the community takes them on, they'll, you know, they'll, there are the ones that can't hack and it'll come back to the, they'll always be, I think, that core group that, that wants to work together and succeed. Yeah. Because, I mean, the more interested people are in craft beers, the more they'll try other craft beers. Mm -hmm. You know, the more that if I brew a beer, if I, if I say, hey, guys, try this, if you like this, try this. You know, if the more that everybody does that, the better. Right. And that's what they do. There's always been, at least in my mind, a little bit of a of a of a gateway to get into the craft beer scene. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's a little intimidating at first for people who have never, you know, they see it all over the place. It's a lot more accessible now, and different seltzers and fruit beers and everything. There's a lot more modes of entry, but initially people saw it as you know you were drinking Bud Light or you were drinking You're, something else, an IPA you know, full of hops, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I think over the past couple of years, it's definitely got a lot more. Uh, it's it's a lot easier to kind of get in and get that first step into mm -hmm. the craft beer scene. And then, like you said, if, hey, what do you like? Do you like this? Great. We've got a recommendation here. Or you have to try this kind of thing. Yeah. But you mentioned... I have questions for you guys. Oh, sure. please. Yeah. <laughs> so I am curious on like your either favorite, some of your favorite uh, craft beer experiences, either having gone to a brewery and just had a beer at a beach somewhere or just your favorite. And the, I'm sure there's several. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Like, if you could name, like, your favorite IPA experience or your favorite barrel-aged beer experience. I am curious in those, two because that's what I care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm extreme, again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm too extreme. I love, I like, I love <laughs> it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you think on this, because I have one that came Great. up immediately. And you were talking before, is, and it actually was one of the, like, my absolute first entry into the craft beer scene. And um, I was in the Coast Guard after um, high school. I was stationed in Rochester, and one of my um, uh, one of the guys that I lived in the same apartment complex with, we were on the same schedule, so I'd be off, and he was really into home brewing. And I was maybe 21 and a day <laughs> old, you know? And I went over there and he invited us over to see his setup and help us with the homebrew setup. And I, I mean, I had no interest, I had no expectations, anything, and I was blown away by just how much care and creativity went into it. Mm -hmm. And I went through the whole thing. He walked me through it, everything. And his wife, I remember this to this day, I can, I can taste it. His wife made cookies out of the mash. No kidding. Yeah, never seen that before, never heard of it. And it was just so cool to see it used from beginning to the end. He had a great setup. He had about three or four beers. He had all the info, I mean, the ABV, you know, the IBUs on a little chalkboard. He has a tap system that ran up to the front. And that's what got me into kind of trying to get my feet in a little bit. But seeing that process early on before even kind of just dabbling at the bar and having a few is I think it made my appreciation initially to see it from start to finish just all right this is it this is going to be my personality now like this, <laughs> this is who i am but you talked about another one of where you know a certain beer every time you have it kind of brings you back to mm -hmm. to that one point memory yeah and for me that was um one of my my all-time favorite stouts it's victory at sea um it's ballast point brewing um over on the west coast and to me that was more of the first extreme beer that i had um it's a, it's a coffee stout. I believe it's right around 9%, 10%. And for me, we talk about it on the podcast a lot. I'm like you. I want the most extreme. Give me a barrel-aged 10 11% or like a crazy <laughs> sour with Skittles or something like that. I want, I want the craziest extreme that you can come up with. And for me, that, that beer was like the step into that realm of like out of the comfort zone and really kind of pushing my palate to see what's out there and see what could be done. And for me, like coffee stouts, or that's I'll always go to them. And that was what started it for it me. It had a coffee in it. That's was that? Yeah. It had a coffee. Uh, well, a lot of those you can taste a coffee note, even mm -hmm. if it doesn't have coffee. Correct. Correct. Um, and then we actually, some shipmates of mine that were in the Coast Guard as well, started their own um, coffee roasting business. And they've been dabbling into the craft beer scene of kind of the same thing mm -hmm. with coffee roasting of how can we get our product in the hands of different brewers and kind of collaborate with them to come up with different beers. So we sampled one that, uh, that had their coffee in it. It's just, mm -hmm. it's cool to see the collaboration with all these different industries. Again, I mean, coffee, brewing, maple, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more behind the scenes. You know, it's not just like you said before, we've got 
the guys came over from Goose Island, you're making them pancakes. You know? like, yeah, what's, yeah, the, yeah. what's the story behind it? You know, you could look at it and just see a beer on tap and go, oh man, okay. They just, they put a little additive in it or whatever, but there's actually a whole history and a story behind it. Yeah. That's what we like. Yeah, absolutely. Leland, your beer stories. My beer stories. Man, you guys are such good storytellers. I wish you would have let me go first. No, <laughs> it was like, it was like yeah, I had a Bud Light in college yeah. once. It's like going on after Chappelle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Talk, I'm talking after both of you guys telling these awesome, like, beautiful stories. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, one of the, uh, I like brewery experiences from everywhere. You know, um, one of my favorite ones I think that really sticks out, like, man, this guy is just living the dream. Like, uh, that Ryan from Clovenhoof here in Ashtabula, just like, I've always been a fan of, like, metal music and just, like, he's just brewing beer, listening to metal music, and his whole brewery is, like, metal-themed. And uh, so that experience really sticks out as one of my favorites, I think. And uh, even from, like, the collaboration aspect you guys were talking about with him, his, uh, I think his sister owns a um a coffee shop in mm-hmm. ashtabula as well and they collaborate and make uh different coffee beers all the time like i think that was my first coffee ale that i had there and that was really good you know because usually what they do is they put the coffee in like the the darker beers like the porters and the stouts but this was actually like a you know an, an ale that had it which was different too but uh as far as experiences go I, I enjoy them all that was just one that stuck out because it's just like man that is this is it this is <laughs> yeah. part of this because you were you're there and, yeah, oh, and, absolutely. And he's actually accessible. Yeah, well, and you he can is. see it. You know, it's a smaller brewery, and all of that still goes on in larger breweries, but don't you think that that's part of the. Oh, sure. Appeal? Absolutely. Having the glass right there, you go into Clovenhuff and you can see everything when you're there. You know, you come up to the top, <laughs> and you can see the brew process and everything. I'll take in the back, they're blasting death metal. It's all good, mm-hmm. man. It's yeah, cool. I mean, like, <laughs> it, was just, it was just. No, it's fun. You could see his, with Ryan, I mean, that the whole business there, you could just see his personality coming through. Which was cool. Know, with, yeah. With everything he'd done. And, and just a, a nice space too, like really clean and nice and well done, and yeah. kind of a kind of an industrial look, but it was really a, a nice space too. And demand exceeds the supply now, right? Yeah. So he's looking for ways to brew more beer. One of the things you may not know about Ryan and, and my time of getting to know him is he's very disciplined. Mm-hmm. For a young entrepreneur, I'm impressed with his ability to say no and stay on task. Because I'm the opposite. I'm about ideas and trying things. And, and maybe he's just learned that discipline because I'm always like, hey, Ryan, what about this? You know? <laughs> I'm like I'm like the little devil that pops up. <laughs> and I'm like supposed to be there like to help coach and like be a mentor with yeah. business. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy, I admire his determination to stay focused and be true to what he is. Mm-hmm. Like he sticks to a plan. Yeah. And that's not normal in a young entrepreneur. Yeah, you can sure. tell just the way he looks, like how dedicated he is to himself, because I know he like works out and lifts and like yeah. just the way he looks, you can tell that he's very dedicated to things. Like you know, in in a, in a nice way. Like I remember asking my mentor, like he was so helpful to me and it had infinite value. And he once said, uh, all I ask is like two things that you well one thing he asks is that I pay it forward. And then the second thing is is you I don't think you realize how much it helps me too. Mm-hmm. because with all these entrepreneurs that I meet and see and talk to I see myself sure. mm-hmm. and it's just a reminder of oh my gosh I need to get myself back on track too and yeah you know, absolutely you're reflecting more as I'm talking to young entrepreneurs like oh my gosh I see myself yeah yeah well that's what's nice we're you know, a lot of these interactions that we have it's not just the brewers a lot of times I end up being the owners you know and the people that are directly involved in the business and the one reoccurring theme is the forever student you know, people are yep. always trying to learn better themselves and be able to push and innovate and continue to grow. Yeah. I don't know if it's just something about that industry, but it seems to be the reoccurring theme everywhere we go. Everybody we sit down to, that's kind of the one thing. And you touched on it, having a mentor in the sport or in the sport, excuse me. All of it. In the field. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's so invaluable. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's more people out there that are resources to be a mentor that can help you out is like you said, we've learned through this is all you have to do is ask and reach out. You know, there's people out there that want to help. It's true. As you said, Absolutely. It's, not, it's not just a one way street, you know, helping somebody out is going to come back and teach you things that you don't even expect to learn. So and it's a mirror, right? You know, you can sit there and go, Oh my gosh, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And, right. and you know, and comfort is the enemy of innovation. So the more you are able to look at yourself and make those changes, the yeah. better your business, the better you are as a person. Yeah, it's not easy to do. Look at this, we're getting all deep and introspective here. It all it touches. So I have two beer stories. Yeah, I wanna I wanna hear your beer story. Um I think probably the 
first craft beer experience I had, I was up in Kane, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they had Great Lakes uh, Christmas Ale on draft, mm-hmm. and it was a year in which it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, that was my first experience of like, you know, all the spice, and it was potent. Yeah. And I want to say it was like 2005 or something. That was like, wow. Like, I, it made me want to go to Kane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was like, you know, let's go to Kane. You know, why? Well, they, they got this beer on draft that you yeah. can get anywhere, but you, that time and experience and enjoying yourself. And, mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I was visiting the customer. And that, like, really kind of made me start trying other, because I didn't really have beers. Yeah. You know, up until that point. And then uh, the other one was um, with my brother in law, who's from San Diego, Ballast Point. Yeah. And I always say, do you remember when Sculpin was good? <laughs> because well, there's just so many variations. They've gone, they've gone too crazy. Well, the it. original Sculpin, I'm in San Diego. On, it's always sunny there. Yeah. Right? It's just a beautiful... See, when you we're growing up in Northeast Ohio, right? People say, when you retire, you need to move to Florida. Mm-hmm. That's a lie that's started by all the people who live in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> they just want you to come there. They just don't want you to come there. <laughs> they just don't want more competition. But I'm, I'm drinking the Sculpin on, like, right there, like, street and it's sunny and i'm just like this is the greatest beer i've ever had mm-hmm. yeah. that was my first like this is the greatest ipa experience hanging out with my brother-in-law and i was just now when i try it i'm like nope yeah does not bring me back to there sure so those those type of that's usually my if i meet somebody that says they know a little bit about craft beer i'll usually say do you remember when sculpin was good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll laugh because it did it used yeah to be it used to be good like I said, they've got all the different variations. I think they've just gone too far with trying to, I don't know. I mean, they, they had at least like 10 or 12 different variations. Well, in Constellation Bottom, um, there were some brewers that I know mm-hmm. in the San Diego area. I guess they were told to just start making this beer as cheap as you can. Really? Yeah. When you pay a billion dollars, then you go, oh, crap. It's the numbers. <laughs> <don't matter."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well, what do we sell the most of? Okay, make that cheaper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's a lot of. So some of the craft breweries, and I guess um, I joke about a couple guys that uh, they had a, a YouTube channel called the Erie Better Beer Bureau. Have you ever watched any of their No, I haven't heard of that. Well, it's kind of disbanded. Um, but a couple guys had uh, reached out to me, and this is going back before the original Craft Beer Festival in 2018. And um, they reached out, and they're like, hey, we want to come out there. And I just say, you know, these beer nerds came over, which yeah. I say it affectionately. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But I was too bad about it. Hey, hey. No one had a clue as to what we were doing in Jefferson, Ohio. Yeah. Just some of the breweries we've worked with, you know, just, like, I have to go back, but, uh, you know, the Goose Island, Bourbon County Stout, I think we've done three variations of them. Wow. Um, Stone Brewing, actually made a beer of Stone Brewing, Modern Times, so there's a couple other San Diego yeah. breweries. Um, Southern Tier. We've done some stuff with uh, Great Lakes. I wish they did more barrel aging mm-hmm. uh, than the Canadian Breakfast Stout with Founders. Right. Um, trying to just think. Uh, Peter Kiley down at Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta. I think he's a savant when it really? comes to barrel aging. Yeah, <laughs> he just makes some of the best barrel aged beers I've ever had, and he used our, you know, our barrels exclusively and. Um, just some of the different, uh, I don't want to leave a brewer out. Yeah, right. Mm, That's my yeah. fear. Sure. Um, but Andrew down at uh, Intuition in Jacksonville. Um, Kyle at uh, Grist House. And I'm just going through, we've worked with uh, Fatheads. Some of my favorite stories is walking through Fatheads with Fred, who's a farmer with me. And Matt, Matt Cole's given us a, that's his name, right? The, the guy that does all the IPAs. I think his name is Matt Cole, Matt. We'll go with Matt. If yeah. not, we'll, we'll voice over yeah, his actual just... name. We'll <laughs> yeah, take Leland's voice. And make right, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, not a Fred voice. just grabbed a hop cone and popped it in his mouth. Well, it was like, whoa, and it was too late. It was in there. And then Fred is a farmer. He's like walking around for like 10 minutes chewing on this hop cone. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, uh, you want to spit that out? And Fred's like, mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, I do. Very <laughs> Like, did you make a mistake? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's driving me nuts now. Oh, man. I'll yeah. say, do you have any, I mean, any one of those experiences jump out? Of going to breweries? Yeah, or, or you know, different collaborations that you guys have done. What would be one of, you know, uh, as far as the product that, that comes out, you know, comes out, which, which one would be your go-to? 
like if I say a barrel aged beer I really enjoy. Yeah, that or one that you've had a hand in. You know what I mean? Well, I've had a hand in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Breakside made a whole out in Portland made a whole like a whole like line of beers with our maple bourbon barrels. Very cool. Uh, the Canadian Breakfast out due to the heritage. Um, I still think um, the Bourbon County Stout that product is just so good, and uh, you know, there's a a whole mindset about well they're not really craft beer anymore because they're bought by InBev and I and I understand that um, you know and the example of that that I can give personally is I was lucky enough to buy the original brewery that was on Clybourne in Chicago that Gusahan started on really yeah and I hauled it to my facility here in Jefferson and I you know having worked with them I'm like hey excuse me if you ever get rid of this brewery let me know Mm -hmm. And they're they're putting in this new brewery, and I'm like, I get this call like a month later. It's like, hey, you want this brewery? I'm like, yes, yes. So I, I bought it, and I remember hauling it. You know, it was cool. There's pictures. Somebody sent me a picture of it going down I-90 on the back of a flatbed, <laughs> and it had all the original like Honkers Ale, the Goose IPA, like had all the original stickers. Get and, out of here. Um, what's the one that's um, the the weeded ale? Three one two. Okay. Called. Mm-hmm. So there are all these stickers on these breweries, and I, I was so proud of this that you know, as I told my team, I'm like, hey, we're gonna use these for storing syrup and everything, and we got them all set up, and I'm like, are these gonna work? And they're like, no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember putting a thing on LinkedIn. This is where I was going with it being in bed and corporate. And, yeah. And I just put on there like, hey, I bought Goosehead Brewery, and and then I thought about it and. If you have a LinkedIn account, LinkedIn used to be good too about eight right. years ago. Now right. it's just garbage. But uh, I remember like 25 people from InBev's legal department looked at my profile. <laughs> and I remember all these attorneys and lawyers like looking at him like, oh, you're man. just watching, but somebody viewed your profile. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's one. like they're sitting there going, well, they're probably weighing it. Like, let's go sue a maple farmer. That's not going to look good. Yeah. Right. right. You know, right. Somebody probably got in trouble for, you know, selling that to me uh, for scrap. But, you know, I thought it was always a pretty good story. And that was my inkling that, okay, it was craft beer and now it's big business. Yeah. And they right. got to protect that brand. And I understand it. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I ended up selling most of the brewery to a fellow that started at Goose Island and brewed on that brew pub. And he started a brewery in Knoxville. And he bought back the bought, same yeah, one. Wow, he, that's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. And he was the right guy because when a lot, I put it on Pro Brewer. I had that the brewery for sale on Pro Brewer and had all these people like kicking the tires wanting it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, dude, buy the next Goose Highland brewery that comes up for sale. Yeah, yeah right. right. Right, exactly. You're so not, you're not just buying the equipment. I mean, you're yeah. buying the store behind it. It was too. all JV Northwest. It was uh, 1988 or 87, somewhere in there. And it's just the nostalgia right? to be able to have a piece of, that's an OG Oh, yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. a huge piece in the craft brewing world. Yeah, and how many guys I've met that have brewed there and started their own brewery. Sure. Like, a, there's a, that's a big, I don't know what you call it, incubator for craft beer in this country. Yeah. Like people that brewed at Goose and then yeah. went to other places. Like, I appreciate the history. And uh, I really like Bourbon County Stout. And they treat me well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I enjoy being a part of that. And they really help my business grow. By promoting our business on their social media and stuff like that, so that's really important. The mm-hmm. goose, I like going there, and you know how like you can't get tickets because like thirty thousand people try to get two thousand tickets. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that's why I like it so much is I get to go anytime right. I want. Yeah, maybe right. pick up the phone. Oh, yeah, 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 I want to come in. And it's like you got tickets, like not really. I get yeah, right. I, get I, got, I got my own tickets. <laughs> it says I'm important. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was a, a good experience. And then when those craft beer guys came to my facility and they're looking at my wall of beer and they go oh my gosh that beer right there do you know how much that beer's worth I'm like no you want to drink it <laughs> <laughs> why you're thirsty and it's uh it was a toppling goliath it was oh, abbs wow. and um, mm-hmm. clark louie i'd reached out to him and we we connected about the first craft beer and they just weren't in ohio yet mm-hmm. and um i had no idea and the, the man sends me this beer and it's like in this wooden like Oh yeah, cover, and I'm just like, and these guys were like, that's like a nine hundred and fifty dollar beer. I'm like, yeah, You're like, oh, yeah. okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> and it's, what's funny is those guys, which you'll see them at the, at the beer fest. Um, 
we went to the cooler and drank. Their hands were shaking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Because they have had a lot, but they've never had that or even seen it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And one of the coolest things that happened is I shared that beer. And like the next week or two, Clark sent me another one. Oh, there you like, go. Out of the blue. <laughs> so I have always been a sharer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, having that up on a shelf, like, what is that going to do? Right. But, but to have that experience with those guys. Right. Where we just were at the Maple, you know, the sugar works and drinking a beer that is number one on craft. What is it? Number one on beer advocate. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that, is that beer? And that, you know, that's one of those. Uh, moments where you think about like, oh, hey, sure. that that was a cool experience for those, sure one of those get you know put good out you get good back yeah thing. like you said wasn't expecting it shared it with everybody and next week you get another one mm-hmm. you know? but i'll tell you that was a good beer but that i made a maple barrel aged beer with ryan and i want to say he has made in my opinion one of the best barrel aged beers i've ever had and he, he just hasn't done it again yeah really yeah yeah, yeah. we'll uh we'll go bug him make sure he does it yeah yeah it, it yeah just, it, and I've had them all. Like yeah. I, you know, I've, I've had a bunch of them. And that one, Bissell Brothers Brewing is another one out in Maine uh, that I got to go visit. They've gotten some barrels from us. Like I, I do it like a little bit selfishly. Like I seek out brewers that I want that to you, work, that like you, beer right. that I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's the other one? Ellicottville. And today I was talking to Hamburg Brewing. Like I've worked with these guys. I, I seek out companies I like. I want to work with the people like I have a no do bag rule. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Man, being in the position to do that is awesome too. Being in yeah. the place to do that is really good. That's a lot cool. of it comes from like in the barrel industry. Like I was lucky and fortunate enough to find somebody that was willing to work with me, and that was Spaceside Cooper, Aaron Willett. He he knew everybody in the brewing industry, and he just kind of we worked together. Like he would travel. He's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be at Stone. Do you want to go?" And I'd go and meet these guys. Yeah. Like, and I was cool with. You know, buying barrels from Aaron, someone back, and you know, to this day, I we talk. You know, I text him. He doesn't work for Spaceside anymore, but that man helped me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he was. Uh, um, it was not easy when we first started to find barrels. You know, it really wasn't in two thousand, like two thousand eight, two thousand like early. You know, it just wasn't easy to find sure. barrels, and he helped us. And we helped him too. It was very mutually sure. beneficial. But I got right. to meet, go to founders, drop off barrels, meet those guys. Um, it was just—it's been cool to be a part of, you know, a, a big, a, a, a product that people like and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. But every now and then I'll meet people that tell stories about, you know, stories I was in. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Completely not true. Right. I think we were talking about this. I don't even correct him. Yeah. It's just like, but uh, you'll meet Luke at Sonder Brewing and he's like a student. Like he follows and is just watching brewers and learning from brewers. And I really think at some point, you know, they better keep him because he is talented and he is somebody who's constantly learning. And um, that guy is somebody you could build a brewery around. Mm Yeah. There's a couple of people we've met that were like that that you could just tell are just insane. A step students, above students of their yeah. craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing I think a lot of people don't realize about you know similar with the craft brew and the maple is just how much goes into it. Mm-hmm. How, how, how much chemistry is. there right. is. Yeah, I mean there's True. there's a lot of it's not just you know the, the chemistry and everything, but a lot of passion that goes into it and innovation yes. and and to replicate it is not as simple as everybody thinks, you know, it's once you get something dialed in, it's, it really is. It's a constant mm-hmm. to make sure that you, okay, once I've got this right, let's get it dialed in and to be able to replicate it, you know, and keep it going. Have you noticed that brewers often, I find this interesting. Some of them aren't, they're not big drinkers. No. Mm-mm. Like, I, you know, if I was making this beer, I'd be like drinking this all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, it's kind of like me with maple syrup. Like, I've done enough barrel aged syrup. Like, I know what's good, but I'm not like putting it on everything. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and these guys are making these world class beers, but they're not like pounding beer after beer. Yeah. I guess it would be an option. I imagine it, it, maybe it's the same thing. I mean, are you drowning everything you own in maple syrup still? Well, maple syrup's good on anything but the floor. It's. <laughs> It may be something like that. You know, you're around it so much. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't get high in your own That always shocked me. Like, these guys are... Yeah, like, right. They're professional. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've realized. Like, some of these brewers, like, they got the beard and everything, but 
They're pros. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're not drowning themselves. Within, within five minutes of sitting down, every time we get a brewer to go and they start going through their process and we see, you know, behind the scenes and all the equipment and everything, you realize how much real work it takes mm-hmm. and how much dedication these guys have. You're right. You, you have the connotation, right? The guy's got the beard. He's all scraggly. And no, it's uh, it's way more than anybody thinks. And I that, can appreciate that was a shocking it. system. It's so much work. Yeah. Oh, it is. That's why people ask us if we want to get into it and stuff. And i like, man, I, I think I'd like to, because that, that we had talked about a little while ago, like um, judging like beer competitions. I'm like, oh, that, that'd be awesome. Like, what does it, you know, what does it take? But you kind of got to like, they want previous brewers to do it because then you know what goes into it. And you know, like, oh, this, you added too much of this to this beer, you know, and to judge and I like, right. man, I don't know if I could ever have that level of knowledge, to, like be able to judge other people's beer. I can tell That's you if it tastes point. good, you know, but not to tell you like, oh, this just, uh, this just didn't go long enough or this just didn't have this ingredient and and oh man that is tough <laughs> it's the same thing with maple syrup the reason i know what good syrup tastes like is i've made bad syrup yeah 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 and i there forgot you go. to clean a piece of equipment that i should have and you're like this is horrible <laughs> right and then somebody goes do you clean your releaser and i'm like oh crap oh, yeah that's why right yeah and it's all in brewing they say if you want to be a good brewer you have to be good you at clean. clean yeah yeah it's yep. all same all with maple here. if you want to make good syrup you have to have clean zap and you have to have clean equipment right there's a lot of correlations. Sure. Mm-hmm. There really is. I imagine so. I imagine so. Is there uh, to admit experience, the ultimate mecca of something you want to do, you know, whether it's brewing, whether it's with... Three Floyds. I haven't Three worked Floyds. with them. Okay. There it is. Um, I've been kind of thinking about, like, breweries that I haven't worked with that I'd like to, but yeah. you know, Three Floyds, you know, I, I think they make some great beers. Um, there's some other barrel-aged, uh, like, that have... Like Firestone Walker, we've had some conversations, but I haven't had a chance to like send barrels out that way. Yeah, um, but I know they're really known for their stouts. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like Firestone Walker and Three Floyds are just two iconic breweries that I'd, right. like, I'd mm-hmm. like to work with. Yeah, and and do something with. But yeah, I'd say those two, and I haven't done anything with Ballast Point. Okay. You know, I don't really care. They got bought by Constellation. It's still Ballast Point. Yeah. Still a lot of history, and I love San Diego. Mm-hmm. See family there, but I, you know, doing a maple barrel aged beer with those guys, um, I think that'd be cool. The shoots as well. Yeah. I've never done anything, like game, yeah. mm-hmm. Fresh Squeeze is one of my favorite IPAs. Sure. Yeah. You know what, guys? I had one the other day, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> no, no. They're, they're, I was like, this isn't the same. <laughs> like it used to have this <sighs> tough peach. Like, oh, yeah. you know, yep. it's it like so refreshing. Flavor. Yeah. And I love that the shoots fresh squeezed, um, but it's changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it that breaks has. my heart. And I don't know <laughs> squat. I'm a maple farmer. Yeah. yeah. But most of my, like, I, I'm i not like a beer connoisseur or anything, but, you know, I've had enough that it's like, right. my me- if it doesn't click the memory back, I know it's not the same beer. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. But those are the breweries, uh, Bissell Brothers as well, out in Maine. We've done some things with them. I'd like to do more. Is it spelled guys. the same? It is. Okay. Nice. It is. And it's funny because I have three boys. So they're Bissell brothers. And when I went out there, I guess they, they, there's only two Bissell brothers. And I met the dad at one of the breweries. And um, the shirt has BBB, Bissell Brothers Brewing. But I brought some shirts back for my boys. Oh, cool. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. They all wear Bissell Brothers Brewing shirts. It's pretty funny. That is. That's cool. That's awesome. That was the only reason I wanted to go out. Right. Just, yeah. just for the t-shirts. Yeah. Right. Just for the swag. <laughs> but they've treated me well. And they're being very cautious about their barrel age program and growing it. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a ton of good beer. Like, when I go to Vermont. I'm telling you, I could be a Vermont tour guide at this point because I work with a lot of Vermont maple farmers. Sure. Okay. But the craft beer scene is awesome there. Oh, yeah. The only problem is, is what I have to offer them, they don't, like, we got maple syrup. Yeah, they're in, yeah, right, yeah. in Vermont. Yeah, right? yeah I get like, it. But I'm, but I'm Nate Bissell. This is, yeah, this right. is like, this <laughs> maple like, I really want to work with some of these, like, legendary brewers in Vermont because I, every time I go there, like, a craft beer you know, brewery pops up and I'm telling you, have you ever been to Vermont? So I, I used mm-hmm. to live in Maine and it was kind of the same thing. I mean, in that area at the time, that Northern New England just had a huge, in the past 15, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. it's just a huge explosion in that area. And there's, there's no bad beer. Awesome. No. Like you go, like, I don't care who it is. Um, it's another, like you, you're expecting like this. There's a, a brewery in San Diego that's like a surf pizza, uh, pizza surf, I don't know, but I've had beer there, and I, I was expecting like 
you know, mediocre beer with my pizza. Mm. Yeah. No, it was amazing. Like, sure. you know, some of these, they're just, they're, they're passing their craft on. Missoula, Montana is another one where yeah. you can go from craft brewery to craft brewery and you're just like, it's, it's, so it's hard to find a bad one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to November 12th. How did you, how did we get started in this Maple Beer Fest again? Were you initially involved or is this something that you've just become involved in the last couple of years or? So actually, uh, Megan Howe and I really got it started. So 2018 was the first year and I was looking for a way because I saw the networking between some maple producers and brewers. Mm-hmm. So when I approached Steve Stallard, I know he was initially kind of like, why is a competitor wanting to work with me? Mm-hmm. As we've gotten to know each other, like we're, we're very similar in a lot of ways. We're collaborative. Uh, we can taste and we know our syrup and barrels. Yeah. Um, we independently came up with some of the barrels that we think make the best syrup independently. Mm-hmm. Like he and I have come to the conclusion that these, these barrels from this distillery make the best syrup. And um, I just thought, you know, Steve Staller was a good guy to honor in the first craft beer fest. And we had a lot of the brewers that I worked with. I remember Andrew, um, hopping in a car and driving from Jacksonville, you know, I think he slept in his car halfway up, brought the beer himself. <laughs> and one of the coolest things is we get together as, you know, and the, the brewers talk to each other. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things is having a campfire afterwards and mm-hmm. having the brewers talk and share ideas. Yeah. That to me is uh, one of the most fun things. And I wish, I wish Maple, I wish we would do this more in Maple. Yeah. Because sure. I'm an open book. I like to share, mm-hmm. yeah, but watching the brewers, uh, but that's how it started. And then, you know, 2019, Eric Sorkin won, and uh, 2020 and 2021, COVID won. Yeah. So we didn't uh, have an event those two years. So this is like starting back up. We had a lot of, you know, a lot of good things going. And uh, yeah, good things are coming back. Mm -hmm. It got too big. So having the Boy Scouts of America handling this Mm -hmm. and there's just like this transition because it is it's too big for my staff Mm -hmm. it is like a whole full-time job and they have for sure this is what they do they put on events for fundraisers for adults for a good cause Mm -hmm. so it is put on by scouts but this is an adult event yeah i think we wanted to make sure people understand for sure for sure so the craft maple beer fest is or brew fest excuse me is at um, the jefferson county Campground, the fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, excuse me. So right across that, the street from our facility. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize where you guys until we went out there. So it's kind of perfect being right there. So it's November twelfth, um, six to ten p.m. You can get your tickets online. We'll share the links and everything there. But as Nate said, it's going to be a little bit more of an intimate event here, where we've been to tons of these different events, especially mm-hmm. downtown in Cleveland, where. You've just got Huge. so many people. You're waiting 20 minutes in line. You can't get a beer sample. You yeah, you've got a tiny little <laughs> sample, and then you're shoot off to the next spot. You don't really get to enjoy it. So we're going to have some incredible food, some incredible desserts. Um, incredible people. It'll be a lot of fun, a lot of entertaining people. Like Nate's going to be there. All these different brewers are going to be there to talk to. Yeah. Uh, really intimate, fun gathering. I'm actually uh, going to uh, Goose, Goose Island made a beer a couple years ago. It's finally ready. It's called Bissell Stout. Really? really cool. Yeah, so it is a Bourbon County Stout aged in maple bourbon barrels. There's not that many. I, I heard they're going to bottle this because they, they did make enough to bottle like mm-hmm. a, a small amount. But I'm going to go pick that up and bring it uh, to the event. So where are you going to get that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. Where are you going to get Bissell Stout? How cool is that? We've always talked. You've asked, you know, if we've been in the brewing process, we just want to be the people that get to name the beers. Right? Yes. You know? yeah. So it's cool to be able to have a Bissell Stout. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, to me, that's like, that's the top of the world. Like once I get there, that's, <laughs> I made it, you know? Yeah. So the, um, we'll have that beer and it is more of an intimate setting. It, it is true. Um, I know that we've sold more tickets than I think we did in 2019. And that was a pretty mm, fantastic. good Um and I know the food. The food's going to be excellent. Um, I know that these guys know how to put on events, and it's going to they be- absolutely do. Yeah, and again, it's for a good cause. So you know, the event is acting as a fundraiser for Boy Scouts of America. So you're going to have an awesome event. You're going to have a good time. We're going to get some really good beers. And at the end of the day, you can you know you can go back and say, hey, I did a good thing. This is going to help out. You yeah, know, I'm excited. Top of League Wise coming. Yeah, for sure. That's a like, huge name. That's right? a huge like as far as like barrel aged beer. You know, it's tough to beat that. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lot of these names that are coming. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thirsty Dog. Um, I don't have them all off the top of my head. 
We'll have It'll the, be on the website. We'll have, yeah, we'll have the full list we'll of everything. We'll post the information. Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get all of them there. And I think we've got a pretty comprehensive list of all the beers that are going to be brought. So it looks Food's like a lot out. of them are bringing quite a few, too. So mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more beer than we need. Yeah. Like, there's... <laughs> We'll see, we'll see if we, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We'll see if we can uh, see if we can eat those words. But, yeah, um, it's going to be an awesome event, and uh, you know we're excited to be you know playing a small role in there and helping you guys out and getting to see you know the behind the scenes of everything here. But yeah, I know I got a call from the Boy Scouts, and they said they had a uh, I'm as you know a lifetime scouter, so I got a call from the Boy Scouts, and they said that they had this event that was benefiting the Boy Scouts of America, and it was a craft beer event. And she asked if I wanted to help, and I said, "Say less, I'm in." And I'm like, this is, that's that's I all I needed to hear. You, know? you had me at craft beer and Boy Scouts. I can help out. Let's do this. Like, right. <laughs> this is actually for me. This is what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's been a big burden to carry to make sure it's successful. Sure. And I want to be a part of it and help, but I can't carry the burden. Like, I'm sure. glad you guys that we actually have. Uh, what's it called when you have a group of people working together? Oh, a committee. A committee. A committee. Yeah, there yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, in my team at Thistle Maple Farm is really happy that they don't have to carry the burden. Sure. Um, sure. And it's just nice to have a team, and it's finally going somewhere. And uh, like, I'm excited. I think this will be. It, it, it's probably going to get bigger and bigger. Sure. And to have community people that are so that wanted to succeed, I think it, it can't it won't stay stagnant, you know, because all these people, you know, there's 10 people that have met so many times now that, and they all want it to do well. So I don't, you know, it's going to go nothing, nothing but up from here for sure. Yeah. And then keeping it, you know, I remember 2019 and looking at all these people and I'm presenting this award. I'm like, I can't believe that I got all of these brewers from around the country. Yeah. Jefferson, Ohio. Right. You suckers. Yeah. <laughs> we say the same thing too. Yeah. We're like, wait a minute, you said you wanted to sit down with us? Like, yeah, you, right. You don't even know what you're getting into. Yeah. No, I'm, I like this, and I'm hoping this is going to help the podcast. Um, I hope to be on again at some. Yeah, point. for yeah, sure. We'd love to. I mean, it, it seems like you've got a well of a well of information and experience, not only you know with your own business with with the maple, but you know having your background with all these different brewers and. Just being a guy that has an appreciation for craft beer too yeah. is, is really cool. I'd have to sit down and have some of these beers. Yeah, it's, normally, yeah, most of the, this is probably the first episode we've had just coffee. Normally, <laughs> there's at least a couple of beers in, so I we'll gotta have run, to get. I gotta a run a nail gun. So oh yeah, you know, no, we'll um, we'll have to get um, we'll have to get a couple of beers. You know, some some exactly that were made with the maple and try them all out. There's yeah, for sure, really that would be fun to do it again. Um, you know, after. We'll hold you the event. I don't care. We'll hold you to it, man. Yeah, right, exactly. It's 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 on record. Now there is there's one question. This is a weird caveat. It'll probably just be a sound bite, but I'd be remiss if we didn't ask this because we have for every single episode. Yeah. Uh-oh. So no, it's it's it's, it's a, a fun question. It's a, totally different. It's complete 180 from anything we've done. So you touched on it a little bit too, um, and I'm kind of glad you did already. Is one question we kind of we said we wanted to ask everybody. We've interviewed brewers, we've had Guinness World Record holders, entrepreneurs, you know, people from all different walks of life. And we're like, what's one question that everybody can kind of connect with? Um, and that is, what album for you is a perfect album, top to bottom? It could be record, cassette, whatever, that you just Joshua put on Tree. play. Oh, okay. Don't get in. Joshua Tree. Okay. Why? I just, for I mean, you. I was, what? It was 87 when that came out. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm a big fan of U2 and with Bono's voice and the edge and how that delay in that guitar. I know every word to every song on Joshua Tree. I yeah. love that you had the answer so fast. I love too. it. Normally, yeah, when we ask the question, it's like whatever pops in your head, I'm not even done asking. And that's what it is. It's one of the few that I know every song. I think they're all good. And um, yeah, I like Joshua Tree. There you go. That's a great answer. That's we a good one. Had you two yet? No, no, not yet. Yeah, that's just the only one that I could ever listen all the way through. Right, for sure. Exactly. You, you didn't you hit put fast forward because you're like, I don't like this song. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm, few, I'm assuming that's what you're. Yeah, exactly. There's a few that you, you start on track one and you just leave it alone. You don't touch it. Mm-hmm. You know, and just let it play out. Yeah, that's the one. I like it. What yeah, it's right got to be a top album of all time. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think so too. I think so. And I actually got to go listen to them when they came to Cleveland. It was the first time I ever saw him. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. I don't know. But, um, who played before? I mean, the, the opening band was awesome, too. But that was cool. 
my wife and I got to go see it. I imagine if you're opening for Q2. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was a, it was a good, it was a good show. But cool. Right on. Hey, thanks, guys. One, thank you for sitting down and doing this, but rolling the red carpet out. Obviously, we're going to be pushing the Craft Maple Brew Fest um, for next week, but we, we want to roll the red carpet out for you. What do you got going on in the future? What do you want to let people know about? How can, you know, how can people help support, you know, Bissell Maple Farm? Yeah, I mean, we're, we have plans to um, do a little more in our store. You know, we have a new roof going on the front of the building. It's always been a goal to, it's the ugliest part of the building. Like, it sucks. But we have these things called budgets. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we're just budgets. not allowed to just, can't just know, go buy breweries right. left and right. Yeah. <laughs> Dream sponsors are like, no. Those so, bean counters. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, um, you know, excited about doing that store. But I think one of the reasons that we started really doing the YouTube channel in earnest was, is I wanted to tell our own story instead of, you know, how rumors can get started. And I'd rather have people watch and get to know us. Yeah. Because you can't, you know, if you're watching, watching, uh, somebody else can't tell your story. Yeah. Sure. And I think marketing, you know, being able to meet the, the team and see what we do and really see how maple syrup's made. If you really want to see it, that's our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And there's just not a lot of it out there. And there's a lot of firewood channels. There's a lot of um, homesteading channels. There's yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot of maple syrup channels. No. So we thought that it felt that we had a nice, I've been watching a lot of channels for a long time and I've met some pretty good YouTubers that they're excited about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we're starting to collaborate with some bigger YouTubers. And I think over time it is going to grow. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited about it because it's, it's real. I wish I would have done it, you know, longer, you know, like, almost longer. everybody says to me, yeah, I just wish I would have done it sooner. And I got know? tired of saying that. And you know what? I'm like, there's a few channels I'm watching. I'm like, if this dude can do it. I yeah, right. Know. Sure. <laughs> right. This guy's got the personality of that post yeah. right there. <laughs> and he's got, a, you know, 100,000 subscribers. I'm like, holy crap. Like, yeah. I can do this. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, at least I'm funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've watched, I've watched a lot of them. I mean, once, you know, just the introduction, you know, for us being on this committee for, you know, getting everything for the brew fest. I've watched tons of them. And it's, mm -hmm. been, it's been nice like to get the insight. We're doing a good job. Background. Yeah, like, I, for I sure. Like, I tell everybody I'm the most popular, unpopular YouTuber. Yeah. I love it. Well, and you said you're the pioneer in, in the maple making and stuff in YouTube. And I know we're the pioneers in drinking podcasts because there is not a single one that exists besides <laughs> ours. Right, yeah. Don't go looking. There are no others. This is it. This is... <laughs> That's funny. At least in Ashburn County and Rock Creek right now. Yeah, right. 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 Correct. This is the one we are the number one podcast <laughs> in Rock Creek. In a right shed. Now. Right. Yeah. At Thistle Maple Farm. At Thistle Maple Farm. Boom. You, yeah. won't find, you won't find a better one. Yeah. <laughs>